It's the place you go when you finish your show. We're your two best friends. Our names are Max and Ben. We're self-proclaimed television experts. It's reality alert. Oh my God. It is a special day on the podcast because we are here live with the superior Mark Wahlberg. That (laughs) is right. Mark L. Wahlberg. Host of Russian Roulette, okay. Antique Roadshow, and both Temptation Islands. Yeah, that is true. Both Temptation Islands. That's exactly right. Yes. yes. And may you I say, lead with before Russian we get into Roulette, this, too. Yeah. your theme song rivals "You're Not Gonna Tempt Me." Oh, <laughs> oh thank you. We do Just need a sketchy. We do need a little <laughs> whisper. No, <laughs> we do need a little whispering part uh, after our theme song work because we're yeah. Max and Ben. Yeah. <laughs> <gonna tell> <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is already going so much better than I thought it would. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it is a killer theme song. It really is. Uh, yeah. Yours and mine are both killer theme songs. Yeah. Yes. yes. Mark, we have sound bites of you too. So we're really, oh, God, we're really no. excited about this. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. this is a multimedia event. <laughs> so many sound bites. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Mark, we have been fans of you for, you know, our whole lives. I remember growing up in middle school, coming home and watching Russian Roulette on wow. a game show network. <laughs> By the way, I got that show because of a middle schooler. Uh, explain so <laughs> oh yeah we're gonna yeah we're gonna need an explanation on that <laughs> wow i heard it I, I mean i thought it and then it came out and i realized what i said so i had been uh no i didn't get that show from that i got a i got something because of that show from a middle schooler never mind that story is terrible <laughs> i was doing rush roulette and this 10 year old son of a creative director for corporate saw me and was a fan and said, I wonder if he does live stuff. And I, that guy called me and I ended up doing corporate events all over the country. And now that little 10 year old who discovered me is a broadcaster in Spain for football and is like a big time. Oh, no way. That That's amazing. For, for That's awesome. Years. So pretty much fucked up that story. But <laughs> for no, those of you uh, who don't know about Russian Roulette, it was a show where if you lost a certain amount of trivia questions, you would basically play a game where you'd pull a lever and you could potentially end up falling through the floor. Mark would yeah. send you through the floor. Which yeah. that gimmick has shown up on every show since, but that was kind of the OG of that dropping people yeah. through the floor, which I wanted to incorporate on Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> I wanted it to be like, yeah, your watch is a fake. <laughs> you know, like, you know, PBS, Could it be done on Temptation watch. Island? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, put it on Temptation Island. It could be there. If it's you a rejected together, proposal, or do you if want to a, leave alone. <laughs> if, yeah, if it's a rejected proposal, Hanya falls through the, the floor. Yeah. <laughs> or as you eliminate singles, that's how they leave. Just... Right. <laughs> yes. yes. Poor it's Ray Rock cool. down the no, hall. No, poor Ray Rock. <laughs> He'd still be hyping up that island from down in that trap. He is everyone's hype man. I love that dude, man. Yeah, he's he's a big fan of the show, big friend of ours, and we were very sad that he never got a date 
We think the rules should be changed. So if your everyone name is has Ray to Rock, get a date. Yes, yeah. especially if your name is Ray Rock, you should get. And then, yes. and then do they get a Temptation Island participation trophy? It's a slippery slope. Yeah. <laughs> Just Ray Rock. Just Ray Rock. Then I, yeah, that's the only rule. Is if Ray Rock ever comes back on the show, he has to be dated at least twice or three times. Yeah. I think I think he'll have no shortage of dates now. <laughs> sure i yes. agree after being on the show yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> no we actually uh we recapped a, a a pilot for a show that was similar to russian roulette uh it was called the love trap we we recapped that one it was uh, what did you think max it was it was okay it was yeah. okay but at the end it was like a bachelor type show and at the end of each episode he would send one of the women through the floor so when he like rejected them he would send them through the floor that's a metaphor for every toxic masculine moment in our history. Yeah, it was, it was basically <laughs> that encapsulates the entire Me Too movement in one action. Right. Yes, it was pretty dark. We yeah. we could only make it through one episode. Yeah, I don't think I could host that. It was wild because <laughs> the, the first time the first time that he did it and the woman fell through the floor, the look on his face was like he was petrified. Like, he was looking like, what have what I have done? I done? <laughs> <laughs> he was so in shock. He was yeah. like, I knew what the premise was, but I just didn't think it would be like this. Visceral. <laughs> Mark, you loved sending people through the floor, though. You, you I had... wish I could do it again. That yeah. show was so fun. <laughs> <laughs> that show was so fun. All I did, you know, and it, we did a lot of episodes and they were really, and they're all over YouTube and I still get, you know, people, you know, sending me messages all the time. Bring back Russian roulette. I personally don't like the title. Uh, you know, I don't like the gun reference. I don't like the Russia reference. There's a lot yeah. of references. About yeah. It's not, they'd have to change it. <laughs> yeah. Um, In today's day and age. Yeah. It doesn't yeah, really, it doesn't really that might be dated, but uh, the show itself was simple and fun. And I had a great time and we had a lot of funny episodes on it. And, we, and it was one of those shows, you know, I, I say this a lot. I say it on temptation Island to our staff and crew too, that the shows that do well are the ones that have a vibe like amongst yeah. the people working on it. And we had a vibe on that show. We had a blast on that show. Nice. We do six in a day, just like wow, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so so I guess talking about Temptation Island, Mark, uh, because that is what we were here to talk about. You were you on the so. the original iteration of Temptation Island, mm -hmm. and then you also came back for the reboot. How did that happen? How did you happen to be? on both of them was that by design how did how did that occur so no design in my life there's no design <laughs> in any of this just random flow of life matter of fact and i talk about this a lot when i'm being serious uh that i don't really believe in plan at all i believe in preparation i believe in the energy i believe in working hard but i don't particularly believe in plan because plan limits you there are things that happen outside of plan that if you're on a plan, it limits the possibility. But to answer your question, um, the first one, <laughs> I, I wasn't working. Reality TV wasn't, it, it just come out like Big Brother, Survivor. And then there was this pilot, not even pilot, because it was cheaper just to do seven episodes than to do a pilot. So they were going to do this thing and nobody, nobody knew about it. And I, uh, got a call from my agent to go in for an audition, which is, again, I can count in my nearly 40 years of TV. I don't 
this may be the only show I ever got from an audition, straight up audition. They're always through mm-hmm. some backdoor, some weird turn of event. But um, the audition was I'm sitting through a middle schooler, right? And, <laughs> what's that? I said through a middle schooler. It's different. Yeah, 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 not not no. It was just yeah. no a of age and open and consensual backdoor. Okay. Um, oh man, I have dug myself. <laughs> So the audition was me sitting with a casting director and somebody else, and they described the premise of what they thought the show was going to be. And they said, and so these couples we've just described have spent the evening at a mixer with the singles where they just met them. And now it's the next morning at breakfast and they're discussing it. Go. And I'm like, okay, so improv skills, you know, and I start jumping into saying to the casting director, you know, I noticed that you we're really chatting up that blonde, you know, that girl that came up to you and, and seemed like you had some vibe. And how did that make you feel? Like just started writing a show, right? Because yeah, yeah. What else? So I leave to go back to my high school reunion, I think. And on the way back from the airport, I get a call from my agent saying they want to see you again for a callback. So I go to the callback and the producers are there and they're like, we don't really know if you're the right host for the show, but we wanted to have you back in to see how the rest of that episode went. The one I was improv. Oh, I love that. That's I'm like, great. Dude, you know, hire me. And so uh, next thing I knew, I was in Belize doing this experiment of a show where we literally were feeling it out as we went. And there was no script. There was very little plan. And it was just do. Your... And also the guy who created the, created the show and was the executive producer at the time was really heady, like a heady dude. I, who I dig. And so it was really like about it, like being real. And I was about it too. And so the bonfires were literally like, like that was before an earpiece or any communication or anything. And I was sitting like at a bonfire on the beach and they would be down under an easy up with a bunch of, you know, monitors, you know, a hundred yards away. And I would go in and just do what I thought for like an hour and then when I felt like I was at a stopping point, I'd get up and walk away and go over to them and say, did they go, that was great, but go back and do this pickup. And, and so that was, it was very organic. And so that was that show. So it, wow. you know, it lasted two seasons on Fox and then a third on a cable channel and then was gone for 20 years. And then all of a sudden, you know, in 2018, I guess they, they announced they were going to reboot it on USA network, that USA network bought the title and they're going to reboot temptation Island. And I looked at my wife, I said, isn't that something, man, that they bring back that show. And you know, I'm not, it's not going to be me. And so I get a call to come in for a meeting and I I've told the story a million times, but so those of you who've heard it before, sorry. Um, but I said, it's like this scene in Mor- uh, with Morgan Freeman and Shawshank when he's going into the par- parole board, but he has now given up hope. He's just like, you know, it's a different thing. So instead of yeah. trying to like go, you know, here's why I should be paroled. He like looks at the parole board and says, you know, rehabilitated. I don't even know what that means. You know, my first, yeah. sorry for what I've done. Yeah. But do I care what you think? No. So stamp your paper. And then they approve his parole. Yeah. Well, that like, me. damn, you don't even want this. I'm sitting yeah. back like we this. Gotta give you it know, to that him. show killed my career, you know, 20 years ago. And um, I know you're not even looking to hire me. So, and I wasn't bitter. I was really, really okay about it. And I was really kind of just saying, look, here's how we did the show. I don't know what you're planning to do. And it was very loose and very real. And I said, and the only thing I could tell you from the host standpoint is make sure you get somebody that actually knows what they're doing because there was no backbone. You know, they, you know, I was doing me and, and this show needs yeah. that. So make sure you get somebody that can do that. And then I left. And then two weeks later I was in Hawaii with my wife. 
And I'm like, what? (laughs) That's insane. And I was like, the whole time, I'm like, to my wife, I'm like, just be real quiet and do whatever they tell us because I think they're going to discover I'm not supposed to be here any moment. (laughs) So that's how that went. Well, I'm so glad it went that way because I can't picture Temptation Island without you. It's like you are the show. Like, We we're big fans of what uh, Survivor too, and uh, we're we're both big believers that that show is not that show without Jeff Probst. And he's a great guy. Yeah, I ran into him not long ago. He's just a real gem of a guy, Probst. Oh, we love him. Yeah, Mark, I was watching a little bit of the old uh, Temptation Island, and your approach is a little bit different back then. You're, is it? Uh, I I felt that you were you were more about asking questions rather than imparting more wisdom like i feel that now we get this more like uh you, you know people make the joke that you're you're a therapist now and that like you're imparting wisdom and stuff when did the when did you become so wise when did you start <laughs> imparting wisdom and like was that your idea for you could, new- by the way you could substitute wise with pompous no <laughs> no i, you know, I, I don't would, think so i really same, think it would hit the same way <laughs> i think you're so sage like was was that your idea for the show to start no no advice? no here's the thing when i first came back to do it you got to remember, I had a whole life. You know, I'm much older. I've had a, yes. a lot of life since then. But even then, I had it over on the people who were on the show because I was already married. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I may have already had kids at that point. Yeah, I think so. And so, you know, it was a whole different trip. And I did offer some stuff on the original, but it was more questions and, you know, yeah. turning the emotion yeah. around. What happened here was in C- <laughs> In season one of the new one, I came on to do the show. And you got to remember that reality TV had grown into an industry since I had left. Sure. And everybody there had a way of doing it. Like it was a machine, right? So now I come on. Nobody knew who I was really other than watching YouTube and saying, oh, this relic from the past is coming back to host the show. And uh, but I did what I do. Right. And they were like, what? He doesn't have a script. He's just going to do it. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's that's kind of like what we used to do. You know, that's how, how it goes. So uh, I played it kind of close to the vest, but got engaged a little bit emotionally and, you know, whatever. And then in season two, the first bonfire, um, because the producer, the, the executive producer that's no longer there with us, but the executive producer said to me at one point, because I was a little bit in control of everything. He said, yeah. look, you host, I'll produce, you know, take it easy. I'm like, cool. You know, I'm, again, remember, I'm like, just I'm looking at my wife saying, whatever we can do just to cash the check, get out of this. Place, <laughs> I'm not supposed to be here. And uh, so season two, I came in and I'm like, I'm going to be that guy. And so I just did the bonfire and not a lot was happening in the first bonfire. And I'm just asking questions. He's got an earpiece to me if he wanted to fill stuff in, but I kind of did what I thought I should be doing. And he kind of yells at me afterwards. He's like, what are you, what are you doing? Uh I'm like, I'm being your host. I'm doing what you told me. I'm not producing. I'm being the host. And he said, I need you to do that thing you do. I'm like, what the fuck is that? I don't know what that is. (laughs) And uh, and so we kind of had this knockdown drag out. Not really, but I kind of got a little salty. And I'm like, look, you can't tell me to do what I do and then tell me I'm talking too much and, you know, and just host. Like, so figure it out. I have two gauges. I'm on or off. There's like, I can't. I can't, you know, self-edit. So you got to do it. And he said, please 
do you. I love so, that. Okay, I started doing me. Then by season three and season by season four, my executive producer and everybody was saying, you know, we want you to really go there with them. So truthfully, I think it's too heavy. I think it should, and I oh, really? literally gave myself a note for next season to to frame my thoughts more in questions than in statements. Mm -hmm. But you got to remember that what you see when it's cut is the statement that came out of 20 minutes of questions. Yeah. Right? It's not like I go, how did that make you feel? And they watch it and I go, what I'm seeing in you is, well, you know, we have a conversation, right? Yeah. So, but they seem to have cut more of me into it this year than, than before. And certainly more than I'm comfortable with. I've told them all over and over again, I would much rather facilitate the conversation and then cut me out altogether. As long as, as long as I keep my job, take me out of the show. I don't, sure. yeah, I don't get paid by the frame and, and I, I'm not so convinced that more of me makes the show better. Yeah. Right. So that's always been my stance is to be the facilitator of, of what we're doing, but uh, they have, they put more of me in it. And I'm really, really grateful. And the response from fans, um, has been great. Yeah. Although I've got to let you know that I'll get a thousand positive comments and one guy will say something shitty. And that's all I think about. So fuck oh, that guy. Well, yeah. that's, same with us. That's <laughs> yeah, Mark, well, I, I really you're, need you're it, like you know? the star. We, we want you to show up more at the villas and talk to people. Yes. Like you would do that sometime yes. in the early yeah. things to be like, that, hey guys, you know, what's interesting is it's become a lot more of me in the bonfire and they've cut out a lot of the, like, mechanical stuff of the hosting stuff like the selections and date and announcements. Yeah, sort yeah. Of, and and i kind of dig it because it really doesn't do anything I and mean, yeah, it doesn't really do anything yeah now there there <laughs> except is, we get to see mark yeah we just want to see mark come on. see what shirt i'm wearing yeah <laughs> or your shoes you know yeah that, that was a a personal choice i i thought it was a hustle actually this was the hustle was i said to the producers you know what would be cool is if i you know if, if I subtly just wore sneakers and that was my thing. And, um, you know, I think the audience would like it and be relatable, but really what I was trying to do was hustle them buying me like really good sneakers, <laughs> which, yeah. you know, kind of didn't happen. Awesome. I got yeah. a couple good pair out of it, but I had to bring my own, you know, but now <laughs> I think maybe I planted the seed. If there's more seasons, I might, <laughs> might become a thing. It was really yeah. just me trying to get, Swag. <laughs> yes. You have uh, but to take I tell every, you what I would like to do. I don't know where it fits in the show, and I've said it a few times, but um, I think there's a lot of meat left on the bone with the singles. Yeah. So, like we have these talks with the couples, and I know that's the focus, but I think there there could be some sort of conversation. I don't know where it shows up in the show, and quite honestly, I don't think I don't really think it fits in the show. But from an emotional standpoint it'd be cool to sit with Ray rock and say, you know, why, what's going on here or, or sit with, you know, Taylor and Ash thing. Talk to Taylor, you know, yeah, yep. that's just for me. I yeah, just like, want to know like YouTube episodes or podcasts or something. It would be really cool. Like yeah, I, I we, we would devour that. Mike, we yeah, would yeah, be all about that. Yeah, we would. Yeah. Yep. Because you know, so much love happens after the show and not necessarily with the couples It's singles, meeting singles from other seasons and falling in love and, so I think I'm going to explore some of that on my podcast that, you know, the fictitious podcast I've talked about forever. That hasn't happened. <laughs> You're going to do it. You're going to do it. All up in here. <laughs> I, I circling back to the, uh, the bonfire talk. I wanted to ask how much 
prep do you get going into those bonfires in terms of like, I assume maybe you're able to watch some dailies or some footage or are they just passing notes to you or how does that work? Anything? During the bonfire? No, prior to like for preparation up like, to like what's going on. You know, I'm going to give you the answer, but I can hear myself sounding like one of those actors who say I do my own stunts. That's, <laughs> I'm not that. So it's really, I, I have an incredible relationship with my executive producer, Trafari. I think she is just an incredible woman and producer. And the people that work for her are in turn a reflection of who she is. So I have a lot of trust in all of them. And they in turn have been very generous with the trust in me. So on all these shows, someone high up in the story department writes a hot sheet. It's basically an update, like a newsletter that comes out every other day. That sort of goes to the network to let them know what's going on, but lets us know what's going on in, in brief spurts written, you know, from one person's perspective. So I read that um, to get, you know, cause I don't see anything. Okay. And then um, before the bonfires, often I'll sit with Trafari and we'll just go, where's Ash? Where's Ashley? Where, where are they emotionally right now? What, what's going on? And and that conversation sometimes can be in depth, but as we got further into the show and started to find our groove, it became less and less. Almost the point where I remember one bot fire, she came in and she said, I think you got this and I'm in your ear if you're in trouble, let's just go. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, cool. Because the truth is, I, I this may be a hustle actually, that I'm gonna say it like that it matters, but maybe it's me just skating out of having to do any homework again in my life. Because I feel like there is some some value in not knowing anything so that when I meet them at the bonfire, I'm asking questions like, okay, so where are you and what's going on? And then I get to ask the question. So as far as the clips go, I don't ever watch them beforehand, but I will be completely honest and tell you that on some of the crazier clips, I do have an idea what's coming. I see. Yeah. So, but, you know, and, and in season three, when we were all sequestered, my dressing room was attached to the edit bay. So I'd walk through it to get to the edit bay and I'd see something like, oh, God. <laughs> and who was that? And how on earth can you put that on TV? And then, of course, that's yeah. Um, so somehow it always manages to find its way onto TV. It's imagine wild. that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's why I'd be a terrible executive producer of this show. Because you would be, filter stuff out. It would all just be people hugging. Yes. Oh, you'd want to spare them. Love. Yeah. Well, that's, that sounds like a sweet show too. A yeah, different we, show, but it it's a sweet show. An yeah. yeah. And yeah. then it would be taken off of primetime and put on Twitch um, <laughs> or whatever well, there is. Uh, you, you, uh, a little bit before you were talking about the things that happened with uh, the Islanders after they leave the show, and mm-hmm. we've heard we've heard you talking about. I think you you've said to Islanders like I'll stay in touch. Do do you stay in touch with the castmates? Like how well do you stay? In, how much do you stay in touch with them? I think probably more than you would expect. Mm-hmm. And just shy of just shy of creepy stalker. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I follow most everybody on their social, and. Mm-hmm occasionally, you know, messages will happen, you know, somebody will post and I'll make a comment and they'll comment back and we'll have a quick exchange. But there are some people that I, I, I talk to a lot, like Casey Campbell and I talk a lot, you know, I'm aware of oh, wow. Casey from season one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, not, we don't talk a lot, but she's doing a podcast and, you know, I, I, she's very vocal on, on Twitter and I kind yeah. of comment, 
but I, I do try to keep an open line to all of them if they're interested. And when I, it's really obnoxious, but like, if I see somebody post something that's concerning to me, I'll like hit them up. Like you good. You know? That's so nice. Yeah, that's you know, really no, nice. I, I think probably it may be a little bit on the line of creepy yeah. from them. Like they, I think I'm the one who takes it really seriously. All of them are in on the joke that they were just doing a TV show. Yeah. So like, I think I think it's nice guys. to off. I think it's nice to offer them a free session, Mark. You know, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's great. The truth is, the only way I know how to do it, quite frankly, the only way I know how to do any show is to really buy what I'm selling. Yeah. And so for me. Uh, I am able to, or I, I, I choose to really care about all of them as soon as they sign up to do the show. And I'm really grateful that they sign up to do the show. So when the show ends, you know, I'm not like, mm, that was, you know, now I dropped the mask and become the real me. Um, so, I mean, they're still, they still matter to me and I still want to hear what's going on. And I'm concerned if things aren't going well and, you know, I, and I, I keep my distance, you know, I'm, I'm not yeah. trying to like hang out, you know, it's <laughs> not like, Hey, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in town. Let's hit a club. You know, that's not <laughs> really, what are you guys doing later tonight? Yeah. <laughs> you guys want to come over? <laughs> I'm bored. I was just going to have a barbecue. You guys want to fill up my house? It would be fine. I mean, really? Uh, no, uh, that's not appropriate. I do try to keep a little bit of distance and, but I, I would say that, you know, 80% of the people who've been on the show know that I'm available if they yeah. need to talk about something or whatever, so, help, help career-wise or, you know, do you know this guy? Like uh, like Shaquille from season three. Remember him? Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't. Mm -hmm. Big, good-looking guy, kind of looked like Tay Diggs with muscles. Yes. Yes. Yep. Um, yep. Just had a quick chat with him recently. He just landed a gig that was awesome, and and uh, I knew some of the people involved, and so we just kind of quick congratulations back and forth, you know? So cool. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So you said you follow most of the people. Who don't you follow specifically? I, I was, I was Only people that have followed with the cracks that I didn't find them and follow them. It wasn't on purpose. It's just oh, you know, okay. there's nobody in oh, the, no, in I the history like of the cast anyone. that you're like <laughs> but there's nobody that in the history of the cast that you're like, I don't know if I ever want to talk to that person again. So you know there are like, people in the history of the cast that would say that about me. Oh, I see. Okay. But I'm cool with all of them. Okay. <laughs> At least three I can think of that really don't want to talk to me at all. <laughs> Maybe just two. I don't know. Um, but I will be honest and tell you the truth that I don't feel that way about anyone who's been on the show. I yeah, mean, that's awesome. None of them. So you're you're like really so like we we watch the show and sometimes uh, I'm just like this person is such a jerk and you are so good at at remaining impartial the whole time. Yeah. So you're, you, you really are truly impartial uh, while you're on the Island and in even afterwards, you know, like, like I, I'm like, like, I'm like these people set rules. Basically one person broke the rules. I really don't like how they treated the other person. Mark is so good about remaining impartial. You, you, you really are good about, about yeah, you don't cast judgment. You don't, uh, you, you, uh, you remain very impartial. Yeah. I, I do the best I can. The truth is I'm not entirely impartial. I'm a little bit biased towards the women. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think that's just a dad gene. I can't, I can't stop. And we're, we're that way. Like we interview, like we're going to be interviewing all of the women first. Like that's kind of yeah. the way that we like to handle things. Like we're, we're, we're that way first. Yeah. Know? 
Uh, that said, I mean, there are women that have been on the show that I've been rough with. Um, yeah. The roughest was Casey Campbell in season one. I just completely just went after her and then realized that, you know, even though she presented to me as kind of crazy, it's good crazy and she's a good girl, you know, and I, yeah. I was quick to judge a situation from what I saw. But uh, thank you for saying it appears that I'm impartial. I, I don't judge their behavior. Mm-hmm. I, I, let me be, it may be judgment. Let me be clear. If you're behaving in a way that could bring judgment, yeah, but the person doing it is grappling or or hasn't grown enough to understand, or uh, I can be cool with that. What I'm not cool with, and my ears kind of, you know, the the hair on the back of my neck stands up, is when I feel like you're manipulating and not being honest, mm. mm-hmm. consciously. Yeah. So like. I remember calling Kendall out saying, look, you know, I hear what you're saying and I see what you're doing. I said this to David too. And it just not, it's not reconciling for me. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I don't have any judgment of sexuality at the pace at which you want to have sex and how many people at a time or what gender. I don't give a shit about any of that. That's yours to pick, but I do care about, you know, are you just hooking up and are you saying one thing and doing something else consciously manipulating? You know, and if that's the case, I got to call it out. But other than that, I don't have a judgment. And uh, I I think I made it really clear how I feel about people's rules and stuff. I think the rules don't apply. I mean, I think the rules are looking at this game as though it's a game and it's really not a game. And the rules are bound to change as you change. So I I really try to stay impartial. I I have also learned from this generation that is tired of shaming in all possible ways yes we, that's true yeah i grew up in a this is right this is wrong and if you did the wrong thing you got shame for it um and that's not accurate nor is it fair especially on a show that has asked you to come here and act out sure yeah so what i'm constantly doing and- is just trying to say all right whatever it is ashley ashley golden from uh, uh season two when she and KB hooked up like in the first night. I yeah. could have easily said, you know, what the fuck? And I think I did. But then I'm like, <laughs> okay, so this could be a manifestation of the pain you had from previous relationships. And, and you know, let's look at it from that place and see what we can learn from this rather than making a call on whether it was right or wrong. Because the fact of the matter is you only say it's right or wrong if you're keeping score. And you only keep score if it's a game and it's not. Yes. There's, nothing, there's nothing to win and there's no reason to keep score. Yeah. Right. And a, a little empathy goes a long way too. I, it, right. It's going to be hard for people to grow uh, as a person when all you're doing is, is uh, condemning them that, all the time. Yeah. That their reaction or their feelings are wrong. Yeah. And it's really, and, and that's what makes these shows watchable is that we get to sit at home and make those judgments. Right. But like yeah, it's I part of the fun, saying, Mark. It's fun <laughs> to judge these people. It, it, it's, it's really a pastime for most of America. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to just say that the Amber Heard uh, Johnny Depp trial. Oh, that's disgusting. That. Um, and I just, uh, <laughs> the jokes I can't make because I'm going to get canceled. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> so what I feel like is the best use of me and this thing is to in any situation when behavior happens that could be judged is to ask what the behavior is about what's behind it 
Like what's it, what's it look? If we take a slice of any of us. Like if we take any yeah. one day out of any of our lives, it could be really uh, terrible. Yeah, you know, definitely. We've all made some yeah. bad choices, right? Yep, yep. What's important is why, what are those bad choices? And on two sides of it, why did you, no, no, not bad choices. Why did you make the choice? And on the other side, the person witnessing the choice, what are you saying that that choice means about you? Because it may not mean anything about you, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what I, I was saying at one point is that Edgar having sex with somebody else when she, he was dating Jillian, we call that cheating, but cheating sounds like the rules, the, the words you use in a game, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You broke the rules and therefore, and okay, it's not, I'm not condoning cheating, but what I would say to, and may have said to Jillian is his cheating may or may not have had anything to do with you, but has to do with what he's missing in his life or what his mistakes are or what the action came from something but we look at it as he did this to me, yeah. right? Yep. And man, it feels that way, and that's legit. But I'm constantly trying to say, what's the motivation behind the behavior so that at least we can learn? You're not going to slap somebody's hand and say, don't do that again, and that's yeah. going to fix it. Better is to say, why do you think you did that? Right. 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 And then figure it out. And, and yeah, maybe it's more, more Jillian's place to be hashing that out with him. Uh, you know, but no, I think it's Jillian's place to hash out what it means to her. Of course. Yeah. What, what has she made the cheating mean to her? Yeah. And if it means if it's a deal breaker, then it's time to go yeah. as it would be for most people. Right. Mm -hmm. But if the cheating happened and then it didn't happen and a year or two goes by and you chose to stay there at some point, there's gotta be some acceptance on both sides. Right. But the truth is that's, that's also bullshit because the pain, I mean, we try to do what we can to resolve the pain, but it doesn't take much to make the pain happen again. Right. And so that's why you constantly live in fear of it happening again. But, um, I just, I just getting back to the judgment thing. I think if any of us, it's the same thing I said on Russian Roulette, another, uh, not Russian Roulette, Moment of Truth, the show I did it with a lie detector. It's like you know, uh, unfortunately for us, the truth is very subjective. Yes, right. Yeah. The truth of there's what happened, and there's what we think happened, mm -hmm. and uh, and judging that is really not a really good exercise. What were your Although thoughts I can on feel the judgment of your listeners of me right now? <laughs> <laughs> no way no way Our no way uh what were your thoughts on lascelles this season and how he handled everything because he just he was a really uh different type of character than what we are used to seeing on 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 anything i don't i've never seen a person like this in my life just the way oh, he, i have <laughs> have you okay. sure. oh, he's, oh, he's, sure. he's a foot in the mouther He's, well, no, no, I don't think that. I, I don't think he's. Well, yeah, it, it, that may be the outcome sometimes. Well, yes. part of it is. The, well, right. that's what I want your take on Lascelles. What's your take on him? Well, I've been really kind of uh, reflecting on it actually because it comes up a lot in interviews and stuff like that. And I think Lascelles is a good guy with a lot to learn. Who is dancing as fast as he can to justify a position he is yet to form. Mm -hmm. So I, 
let me clarify. Do I think he's a premeditated player who's manipulating women to get what he wants? I don't get that vibe at all. Do yeah. I get that he's a relatively emotionally young person, which makes sense being in the same relationship for seven years, who gets caught up in every moment, mm -hmm. right? And, go, and in that moment feels something and says it and it happens because the words come out a lot Yeah. without self-reflection. That's probably more of what my experience of LaSalle's is. I don't get one ounce of, of um, malicious, mean, hurtful behavior. I do get somewhat, I, I would say, rash. Imp yeah. Rash is not the word. Impulsive. Yes, very. Word salad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's well meant in the moment. That I think he believes in the moment. Well, but now that doesn't, there's some growth that has to happen because even as he's even as he's being called on it in the in the reunion show. Yeah. He appears to be dancing as fast as he can to just say things. And I'm not saying that he's like a manipulator trying to come up with stuff to make him okay i really think he's just not clear so sure. when he says stuff like you know one last thing i want to say is alexa i can never trust you again <laughs> can he ever earn back her trust mark can he I, oh well i mean <laughs> and i said it to him i'm like lascelles that's conspiring to keep a secret that's not <laughs> that's, that's such not a great loyalty. moment in the reunion it was but so i don't think that he i don't think he sees that you know, yeah. for instance, in that exact same exchange, the kissing thing. Yeah. He could have said, we were all drunk. We're on the dance floor. She said, I, I want to kiss you right now. And I kissed her. I kissed her. You know, yeah. it didn't mean much more than that. Because the truth is, I believe that shit happens all the time. Yeah. You know, you're out, you're partying, you're getting crazy. Girls do it for jokes. Right. <laughs> Just in the yeah. moment. Right. So. It wasn't like a hookup. It was like a dance floor kiss. And yeah. And I think it would have taken a lot of the edge out of it. And we just said, yeah, I did. Yeah. I got, I it just problem. got worse and worse and worse. <laughs> Each excuse. But was... let me be clear. But it was great TV, Mark. It was great. Yeah. TV. Okay. Yeah. Good but job, I Mark. <laughs> I don't see LaSalle as a bad guy. I see him as a young guy. I see a yeah. guy who does. He's not young uh, physically or intellectually. He's not a dumb guy. He's a smart guy. Yeah, he's been in a relationship for seven years, and still lives at home, from what I understand. And there's a lot of life experience that he just hasn't had. And so you look at him as an adult in this level, when in fact his interpersonal relationships may be more like what we were doing in junior high, right? Yeah, I don't mean that as a slam. Yeah, well, I just mean junior way. high. <laughs> Robin Permenter, who was the guidance counsel helper helper next to me in third period would give me a wink, I'd be in love by fourth period. Like, I love you. I'm ready to say it. Right? And it was real for me. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. By the way, Rob Permenter, I still love you. Um, <laughs> we'll make sure to get that message to her. Yeah. Oh, she knows. Um, the point is, we can't project on him what he's supposed to know. Mm -hmm. Right? We all have paths and learn. We have blind spots. Yeah. Like he knows more about fitness than I'll ever know. He's really clear. Yeah. And really good. Yeah. And maybe in business, like Luke is a real good uh, in investment guy, I guess. Mm -hmm. 
and which I'm not, I'm not good at either of those things. Yeah. But when it comes to dating and caring about women and having an involved and emotionally intelligent relationship with a significant other, there's a lot to be learned by all of us. And we saw it with LaSalle's and I don't judge him for that. You know, yes. this, he's going to look at this at some day and look at it and go, wow, boy, there was a lot I didn't know then. So because of, so now that we know that you weren't watching the dailies, I'm just like trying to figure out how your executive. Uh, I love that was. you think there's dailies. <laughs> well, I want to know why your or how your executive producer was able to articulate just how uh, Lascellus was doing in the house with Trace, because I imagine that may have been kind of difficult. Well, you get a hot cheat saying, you know, there was a party and in the party he stood up and said, I love you and I only want to date you. And you read that and go, okay, all right, LaSalle, that's a little bit of the I love you, but, you know, sometimes it happens, right? But then I get really, like, concerned for Trace. You know, I'm like going, oh, boy. You know, and so yeah. that's when I go into the bonfire, not with any pre-disclosed sort of concept of what I want to say, but I want to make sure that and I miss it, by the way, and the fans let me know. I miss moments left and right. There are things that I don't call out, like mm. Edgar was having his moment, and I should have said to Jillian, but what happened in the shower? And I didn't say it then because I was worried about Jillian's feelings right then. Right? Yeah. Um, so, But I also don't react to what I read, like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, from a TV standpoint, it's like, oh, they, they, they had sex. And we're like, oh, we got a show. It's all good. Yeah. And I, it doesn't work for me. I mean, good. You guys make the show. That's why you guys make the show. I'm going to really stay with, you know, is everybody, you know, is anyone getting hurt? And let's talk about that. I'm not afraid of people getting hurt, but I do want to be able to process that to some degree. So, it, it, you know, everything that happens to us could happen for us if we look at it that way. And I kind of want to drive that bus. That Sure. The bus that may have just driven over you. I want to drive the bus to say, all right, what can we learn from this? and put it in some sort of perspective. Yeah, I think that's a great approach. Well, again, it goes back to, I really care about the well-being of these people once they leave. Yeah. Um, And, and while they're there, you know, it's not for sport. It's, and there's no part of it for me where I'm going, Ooh, delicious. You know, that (laughs) the stuff that people love on TV, like the reunion, I can't fucking stand the reunion shows. Yeah. It's a lot of personalities in one room, and I, and <laughs> the first reunion I did was season two, and it was the first reunion I'd seen because I didn't watch any Real Housewives or any of that. And so every time it started to get like heated, and it got heated, oh, I'm yeah. like, everybody, you know, time out. And in my earpiece, they're like, "What the fuck? Let it happen. This is the best. <laughs> like, this is not healthy." <laughs> Actually, you sit down and put your earrings back on. They're not going to fight right now. <laughs> but uh, I think there's a balance. I think people want to hear that too. So, you know, yeah, I, I think in this last uh, reunion, I let things go more than I have in the past without interjecting and making it hell for the editors. Um, and Do you think did Jillian wish you had asked? Um, about the shower scene because she got like flack about that online and stuff. People were like, "Oh, well, you did the same thing." Blah blah blah. Well, she but said she, she didn't. didn't. Yeah, she said she didn't do she the said same she thing. Didn't. So, so you know, if that question had been asked, do you think uh, maybe that could have, have cleared that? I up? I think it came up and may not have made the cut because of the context or whatever. But yeah, yeah, I don't think she wanted to be 
called on the carpet about that. I think she had a okay. very good answer yeah. to it. It was like, look, we saw you in the shower. And she's like, yeah, but I didn't do. But that goes back to what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I don't really think to me yeah, that's like say, yeah. to me that's like a and I love Jillian, but to me, you know, it's like if we go back to the rules, we had the rules. I, yeah. I always say the rules are like your mom says you are not to leave this couch today. So you take the pillow from the couch into the backyard, so I didn't leave the couch. You know, yeah. you're sitting on the pillow that you dragged with you out into the yard, right? Sure. You didn't yeah. break the rules. Yeah. You know what I mean? You create pillow walls. Right. Well, that's <laughs> My point is, you know, I was in the shower. We were making out. We were naked and we were rubbing against each other, but we didn't have sex. Well, that's why I say, and I honor that. I get it. That's some control. But, but the point of having the rules was so that you didn't hurt the other person. <laughs> you know what sure, I mean? Sure. Yeah. And so just because the P didn't go into the V doesn't mean that pain didn't happen. Sure. Right. Sure. You know what yep. I mean? And mm-hmm. so I'm kind of like, you know, that's a little semantic bullshit. And not her bullshit, but it happens to everybody. It's a semantic to say, you know, we kissed, but we didn't do this. We did that. To me, you know, I know if I kiss someone, my wife would lose it. For some people, kissing is much more intimate than other things. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know how I'd feel if I saw my wife staring intimately into the eyes of someone else. Yeah. You know? Same way that Jillian Cher, hearing him say princessa to someone else, hurt her like a knife. Same way sure. the promise ring thing hurt him, right? Yeah. But I always say, what did you see? And that's a perfect example because what I saw was her a little tipsy and joking about the fact that we're single again. Does that mean I'm supposed to take this off? I don't know. Yeah. It was yeah. innocuous to me, but not to Edgar. Right. You know? and. Yeah. Okay, dude. No, that's exactly why the rules don't work because what hurts you hurts you. What you interpret things to be is what you interpret them to be. Yeah. Have I made this the most boring? Uh, no, I'm fascinated. No, it's fascinating. <laughs> if we're quiet, it's because we're listening. No, it's like <laughs> we're really. No one else yeah. is in the room because I'm just rambling to myself. <laughs> in my no, we're we're okay, all about it. What happened with Edgar? telling Jillian that he was going to leave the island alone because we were kind of confused yeah. about this whole thing. And and I, I haven't been able to see anything like online about well, I'll tell you the truth. Uh, it happened as you saw it. It's like a second thought I'd like to do this. And I, my gut was Marissa should have a say in this at some point anyway. Of course. But yeah. in hindsight, what might have been a strong play and certainly watchable would have been to let him do that and then say, and now I think you need to honor Jillian by telling her the truth and bring her back, not with Marissa there, although they mm. would have wanted that, and say, I've changed my mind. I'm leaving with Marissa. It would have been more in line with what the rules <laughs> the rules of the show or what so I he, laid out. The bonfire he thought tree. that he was leaving alone, and then he decided he was leaving with Marissa. I think that's kind of how it went down. Uh, you, if I were, okay, because it seems really like remember. he was lying to Jillian, potentially. It seemed like he was, was kind of scared to say it in front of Jillian. Okay. okay. I, I don't think, he, you know, again, I don't think he was lying to Jillian. It was hard to tell. It was just yeah. hard to tell in the and moment. And with the edit, I can't tell, and I don't really remember because you're so in it. You know, I got to be honest yeah. with you. Uh, every bonfire... I do, and I'm in it. And then I leave the bonfire a little bit in a funk. And then my wife, who's in the control room, 
comes out and says, you know, nice things to me mm-hmm. uh, because she loves me. That's sweet. And, she uh, watches every bonfire. That's, that's amazing. Awesome. Oh, yeah. No. And, and I, I need her to because she's the only one who knows my bullshit. So she's the only one who would say, you missed this point or you're really on there or, you know mm. what I mean? Because we talk like oh, that all the time. That's amazing. But then what happens is we go back to um, our room and it's late and she goes to sleep. And then I'm laying in bed till three in the morning, trying to remember what went down. And then, you know, how you know how you're sitting on your couch and you're watching TV and all of a sudden you remember like an embarrassing thing from sixth grade and you go, Oh, right. right. Yeah. 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 That's what the experience is for me after the bonfire. That I'm sitting there. <laughs> what did I say? And right. What did I miss? And and then, so the point is in the bonfire itself, I can't tell you, I can't remember. Yeah. We're in it. It's a conversation. I just don't really remember. Um, yeah. But how, do, you, do you remember how the quick- show it would have been an interesting beat to say, I understand you had a change of heart. There's no rules here. If that's how you feel, you can leave with Marissa and you can have that conversation. I feel it would be disingenuous if you left the island telling her one thing and doing something different. And that's a, that could have been a producer call, but that's my mistake. I could have made that call right there and I didn't, sure. you know, do you remember how quickly after Jillian had left that Edgar had changed his mind? Almost like you saw it. Okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's yeah. Amazing. And you know, it's really tough because we do all of, I'm trying to remember. Robbie, did we do all of the bonfires in one night? So all the final bonfires were in one night. Wow. Wow. Okay. And so it's a long night for me. All the bonfire nights are a really long night for me. Yeah. So I think that's exhausting. You get a little battle fatigue at some point. Yeah. So sure. I admit I, I think I feel like there was a way that I, I feel like there was a way to have handled that bonfire a little bit differently that would have been incredibly watchable and also responsible. And um, so I'll try better next season. <laughs> well, you're doing a great we job. Think you're Mark. perfect just the way you are. <laughs> Thank you, boys. That was not a criticism, Mark. <laughs> Thank you. I love that you're always looking for ways for yourself to grow, though. I think that's oh, amazing. Come on. <laughs> that's fantastic. You know, Practice I mean, what you come preach. Come on. Yes. I, the, what is ironic to me or interesting to me is that people have been so sweet to say, you know, I get all these messages, you should be my therapist and everything. But I, on my end, like I need to make it so very clear that look, I'm a TV show host. And I say that to them. I'm like, at the very beginning, I'm like, look, I host game shows, right? That's what I do for a living. Now my life has not been my job. Like my job is my job. My life has been much thicker than that with my wife and my kids and my family and life and my, and the work that I've done as my wife and I have tried to remain sane through the raising of children and marriage, um, Mm -hmm. which I think we've done maybe 70% sanity, 30% insanity, which is a really (laughs) good margin. That's great. But, but I try to make it clear that, look, this is my advice is worth exactly what they paid for it (laughs) and they didn't pay anything. So I'm, I'm really not trying to pretend to be anything I'm not. And I want to make that clear to everybody that, you know, they're calling me to do this. You know, the show's calling me to do this, as are the people who are on it. And I do have an opinion and a thought from my, my life experience. But like the same way that I approach coaching from others yeah. is when I get coached or advice or therapy, I, I look at it. This is a phrase I once heard in one of these workshops is that 
consider it an old jacket and you put it on and if it fits, wear it. And if it doesn't take it off. Right. Mm. And I think I say that to them sometimes. If what I'm saying works for you, cool. And the parts that don't work for you, don't give them any credence. You know, it's just a thought. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I think it's that's really great. a strange experience. I never expected this to be a thing. Did you ever, did you feel competitive with Karina because she was a real therapist? I felt, um, uh, you know, we actually, we correspond quite a bit uh, since the yeah. show. Um, Cause she just, she just became a licensed LMFT uh, license. Awesome. LFM marriage and family therapist, licensed marriage and family. Therapist. Oh, so you're in the, you're in the same field now. <laughs> no, I mean, very clear that I, I was like, congratulations. And so uh, I actually connected with her, not so much on the island, but since, because she'll post stuff and I'll like it and say, well, that's a really good nugget or I'll post something and then she'll like it. And then I feel, I feel validated. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I, I have a lot of respect for her because even in her, she's still, you know, she's still a temptation Island hot girl. Right. But her yep. relationship she actually, there were a lot of really, really, really brilliant things that came out of her mouth. And I thought that she was really an incredible um, voice to have on the show. And, um, and when she and I have had a chance to chat and she said, you know, what you said was like at the reunion, that was good. Or, you know, and I would say, you know, thank you. And the, it was just, look, she has training, you know, and I have respect for that. And so uh, we have a little connection. I like her very much. How yeah. surprised were you by Hanya? this season because when he was cast and he was the one who proposed the open relationship i thought he was gonna be the archetype that was gonna be sleeping with everyone like a kendall or he was gonna be the evan and was gonna break the relationship first and was gonna be immediately sleeping around but he 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 didn't did that surprise you or mm -hmm. uh, it didn't no 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 I got to read on Hanya right off the bat that I felt pretty comfortable with um, and still feel comfortable with. Uh, I think that he is a guy grappling with some really big questions. I, I, we are entirely different people, but he's a seeker, right? And he is obviously very intelligent. And with intelligence sometimes becomes the ability to manipulate others, right? Mm -hmm. And I think what he saw in himself was those things he thought beforehand were good ideas, like an open relationship and how he was selling this idea in this wholesome, healthy way, he was realizing was subconsciously a manipulation and not what he actually wanted, but it was, it was him trying to get what he thought he wanted, everything, have the cake and eat right. it too kind of thing. And I saw him come to that, but I kind of got a read on who he was right off the bat. And like, I, I think I know this guy and I have a, a lot of love for Hanya. Um, I, I think he like me can overthink and, and he's also very, he appears to me to be very aware that where he lives and other people's opinions of him and that matters as all of us do. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm not saying anything about him that I wouldn't say about myself. So I was not surprised at all. Um, but I was kind of interested 
that he was so willing to, you know, verbalize when he was out of line, verbalize the things he was learning about himself that he didn't like to the point where at some point offline, just like internet wise, I don't want to break any trust. I had to say, you know, I want to remind you that you have maybe made some bad choices, but you're not a bad person, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you're yeah. not a bad person, man. You're just trying to figure it out. You're, you're a good guy. Actually, you want to be a good guy, which is better than most bad guys are. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was not surprised by him. Uh, and I don't know how he feels about me, but I would tell him if he's watching that I am an open uh, phone call for him at any time. I, I, that's nice. I have plenty of time for him. Uh, you heard it here, Hanya. Call Mark. Call Mark, Mark Hanya. He doesn't need me. There's nothing <laughs> I can provide him. But I just want to make sure that we're clear, all of you, that uh, quite frankly, I would say that for nearly everyone who's been on the show, that, that you know, I 100% support you. <laughs> 100% yeah. support you in being happy in the future. It's what I say to them at the beginning. That's really nice. Yeah. My, my commitment to them is to be an advocate for this experience to leave them in a better place than they came. Okay, you said nearly everyone. So who are the people that you don't support? <laughs> I just said nearly everyone, so I didn't speak in uh, absolutes. <laughs> and if there were a congressional or Senate hearing, I would say I do not recall. Senator. That's I a good answer. Got you, Mark. That's a good answer. <laughs> All right. So, so, so far, you've had a perfect read on everything this season. What did shock you, Mark? What shocked you this season? What knocked you off your feet? I, I, maybe it's that I I have been shocked so much that I don't get shocked. Like so, for You're instance, to give you an idea. Yeah. The first time there was a threesome, I was shocked. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm like, when's the threesome happening? And, and you know. you're just expecting it now. Yeah. 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 Robbie, <laughs> I love this. <laughs> We're having this conversation. <laughs> What's that? My wife is like in the laundry room. Yeah. And I just hear her go, Ashley and KB. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was shocking. We were yeah, all, that was a shocking one. Was, yeah. And then, and I, and I love both of them too. And I've seen them in public separately and together, not together, but all of us in the same room together, like at a bar or a club. And you got to know that KB is ominous. He's huge. Yeah. Right. And I forgot what I said about him. It wasn't even that derogatory. Yeah, and I walked to the bar, and he walked right up to me. He says, "Mark, how come you?" He like came at me. <laughs> there was a smile, but he came at me. Yeah, yeah. And I literally had to stand my gra- ground and said, "Look, I said it with my chest. What do you want from me?" I'm. <laughs> and then, then we hugged it out, and uh, I actually he gave me a t-shirt that I wore for softball last night. So <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> that was shocking. I'm like day one. <laughs> And the things they said, can I touch your penis now? I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's a, a worthy reaction. But then, I mean, that was several seasons ago. And now I'm like. <laughs> okay, but what about these proposals that happen? Like, Not uh, shocked. But occasionally, maybe I'm an eye roll emoji. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Okay. Do, do, do you ever want to say, please put the ring away? <laughs> do you ever like when Hanya pulled it out? <laughs> well, when Casey from Casey. last season 
uh, you know they're walking into a sucker punch. <laughs> yeah. This is why I would not be a good producer. Like, <laughs> like the, the baby baby, I want to make you the, the baby baby yeah, thing. I would have said, <laughs> honey. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever almost laugh like we do, or are you, are you just a good soul, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> if I laugh, it's later when okay. it's airing. Okay. Yeah. He, 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 this is a perfect example. Okay. So I have a 26-year-old daughter who is really incredible. Uh, she's almost, no, let's not say that, honey. It makes me much older. Her birthday's coming up, so she's almost 27. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so the first reunion show, Robbie was out of town. So mm -hmm. she wasn't there with me, my wife. Yeah. And normally she's at tapings when I do tapings. So I can, like, in a break, go up to her and say, am I blowing it? And then she'll lie to me and say, no, you're doing great. Um, but... I shot this thing without anybody. I had to be a grown-up. And it was really messy with Ashley and uh, the two Ashleys and, and and Kate and David and Kate, Casey didn't show up and yeah. just, just all kinds of stuff. And yeah. I had never done a reunion show. So it finished and we started early. It went just till like two in the morning. And so I'm out in the parking lot. And I remember just leaving, still wearing my suit, and my makeup. I'm just like, I just want to go home. And, and, and I literally said to the producer and I said to Robbie in the car, I've never said this in my career. I mean, some shows I've done well, some shows I've done bad, but I failed. I straight up failed. This was more than I can handle. I didn't handle it well. I wasn't prepared. I, this episode is unerrable and lives were crushed, <laughs> right? That's where I was at. Oh, and wow. so Goldie, my daughter FaceTimed with me. Or I texted her and said, I, I completely, you know, screwed the pooch on this one. And then she sent me a picture from Instagram, which was everybody who was in the reunion at the club together having a blast. <laughs> and she's like, Dad, you have got to chill. You're in your well, own head. I'm sitting You're in, in a fetal position head. at home going, I have ruined lives. Oh, man. Right? So. Oh. I, and it has informed me to realize that the people who go on the show are mature adults and have a lifestyle that is somewhat foreign to me, but I can, I can dig it. Sure. And so, um, this cast seems very media, friendly with each other right pardon now. Me? I said, this cast seems very friendly with each other. Yeah. From what I can tell. Yeah. I think what ends up happening at the end of the day is that there's a shared experience. It's like they've been to battle together. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that transcends. And yeah. I even say during the show, on and off camera, there are relationships that are going to happen that are far beyond love relationships that you don't even realize the benefit of why you're here yet on a spiritual level, like for real. Like, I don't know why I'm here, but it'll no. be revealed. I happen to believe that. And so you see so many friendships like Ash and Brianna. Brianna, the single from this past season who didn't get a lot of stories. She was eliminated early. Um, apparently, I, like I just messaged with them. I saw a picture and I sent a heart emoji or something. And... Um, I have to be careful which hearts I send because apparently some of them are creepy and some of them are friendly and depending on the color and size of the heart. So I think I sent a Is that true? I, I don't know. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. I sent uh -oh. maybe purple triple hearts, which I felt was appropriate. I don't know. These Zoomers can't keep getting away with it. They can't keep changing the rules. I know. Where, where's that hot sheet? Yeah. Brianna says, I'm so grateful for the show for finding me my best friend. Oh. And, and so she and Ash are like pals. So, okay, that, that works for me. 
you know? Yeah. So. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a question. What were the doors like at the villas? Because there was a lot of talk about the doors in the show. Right, Max? Well, here, here's Edgar talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this door. Wait a minute. Look at Wait the door. Edgar really fell in love with the door in the first episode. Did you get a good look at the door frame, Mark? I, I don't know that I even have any idea what that refers to. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, the houses are great. Maybe architecturally there were some gigantic, there are some okay. really great doors. Maybe you have to be an optometrist to, to understand the I, I, the I really don't know. Maybe it had something to do with what can happen behind them. I sure, sure. <laughs> that's very that's that's a really good insight. Good. I mean, the houses are pretty amazing, and yeah. and uh, I would like to live in either of them. Uh, Mark, do you ever feel like you're missing out by not getting to go to some of these parties, like the bubbles and bow ties parties? Do you ever feel like so you're missing out? You're really tapping into perceptively my um, chronic FOMO. Like, yes, really bad. That said, no desire to go to those parties. None of the chocolate parties are the first anything all, but clothes parties. First of all, <laughs> you've never wanted a lap dance for the soul, Mark. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm not opposed to a lap dance. I like flirty, sexy. That's cute. But the chocolate and the cream cheese and the dip, it's messy. Mm, no. <laughs> but those are not. And, the and then you can't even I go. Have, st- and then you can't even go shower it off by yourself because no, the you whole group is in the shower. Oh, I'm thinking of it. I feel sticky and dirty. I, it's just not sexy. To me. Um, so no, I don't have FOMO about those parties. Yeah. That, to be honest with you, those parties would always make me uncomfortable anyway. <laughs> yeah. My FOMO shows up with like, we have this incredible staff and crew, like 170 people, all mm-hmm. of them young, hip, gorgeous, great people. So I get a little bummed when I hear that they were partying until three in the morning on a day off and I wasn't invited or I didn't go. And it's inappropriate for me to have been there. But I'm kind of like, where are you guys hanging out? Are you guys hanging out at the pool tomorrow? Or are you going to get me? It's like, dude, you're, you're like. What's happening, fellow kids? You're like a chef. <laughs> you know? And, and, and my wife is entirely different. Like, she is not FOMO. She's like, like when we went on a cruise, I want to sit at the pool where the everything's going on. The band's playing and the games are happening and I, my elbows are touching the two, you know, retired couple next to me who are on the cruise. And Robbie wants to find the one deck that has no one on it. Yeah. Private yeah. with one waiter to bring only one drink and no and don't yeah. tell anyone. <laughs> and and I got to be honest with you, if I to judge what's healthier, I think she's far healthier than I am. I just, I'm just so afraid something's going to happen that I'll miss. Yeah. You know? And there's, and virtually nothing happens except me standing around and wondering, you know, if there's another place I should be. <laughs> I did. It's not good. But no, I don't want to go to those. Uh, I don't want to ever go to a, anything but clothes party of any kind. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I always say, you know the show Naked and Afraid? Yes. Yeah. I'd like to be on Afraid to be Naked. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good show. I'd watch that show. Naked, I, I afraid would. to be Naked? You yeah. got to pitch that. You got to yeah. pitch that. Uh, we had a, <laughs> a lot of middle-aged people with issues. That's, yes. Yeah. Yes. 
Uh, we had one listener question mark real quick. I just wanted to okay. ask you about. You uh, had one listener and a question, or you had one listener question? <laughs> one listener question. Oh, thank God. Yeah, we have a few. Uh, we have oh, like God. two listeners, so it's okay. I feel like yeah. they're magical. My wife and Max's girlfriend. <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, we saw on the reunion that LaSalle's was trying to hide his relationship with Trace at first, but it, it, it was it was edited a little confusingly. So was he trying to completely hide his relationship with Trace from the cameras at first? Is that what was happening? Beats me. Oh, okay. I, I, I didn't pick that up, and that doesn't mean it wasn't true. Gotcha. Um, no, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think at the beginning, hmm, I think at the beginning, you know, there was a moment where he was in a trace, but he was saying to trace, look, I, I want to play the field a little bit here before I commit to anybody. Yeah. You know, yeah. I feel like, you know, at the beginning he was handling things more like job interviews than it was about connection. Mm-hmm. I see. So I don't know if he was saying things to her and then trying to keep that under a hat so that he could still keep possibility open with the other girls. I, I don't know. And quite honestly, in his defense, I don't know how I would be if I were in that situation. <laughs> You know, it's it's a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, were there any couples that you thought were going to make it to a proposal at the end, or you thought we're going to leave the island together, but didn't? Or did you just go in thinking, well, I, I don't know what's going to happen? Like, did, did you have a, well, a season good... one? I thought I knew everything. Mm-hmm. And oh, they're never gonna... like I said that um, they weren't season one. Maybe they were season two. Shari and Javen. Mm-hmm. I said, within an hour of meeting them, they're never going to make it. And yeah. then they ended up engaged and are still together. Um, and then I realized, like, before this season started, I said, you know, maybe the reason why I'm terrible at predicting is that who they are coming in is not who they are at the end. You know, sure. so whatever vibe they're giving me as a couple, which is so intertwined and often a little bit, you know, not firing on all the pistons, right? Yeah is not who they become when they get a sense of individuality again. They become who they, a part of themselves, separate from the couple. You know, there's there's Robbie, there's Mark, and then there's Robbie and Mark. And Robbie and Mark is much bigger than Robbie and Mark. And the more that we're Robbie and Mark, the less Robbie and the less Mark exists. Sure, sure. Right. And part of a marriage is to make sure that we're letting Robbie be Robbie and Mark be Mark and also still being us. Yeah. So I think that's why I don't predict very well is because who they are at the end is not who they are at the beginning. So I stopped trying. Makes sense. It's yeah. very deep. Although I really had hoped for Jillian, uh, you know, that Julian and Kristen from season three. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, on the beach, wasn't sure that I trusted or liked Julian. Mostly because he was ominously large. Like he looked like the dude that would bully me. (laughs) But he was, of all the seasons, the most, Mark, help me. Yeah, he really was. guy of, look, help me learn here. And so very quickly, I realized that I was rooting for them to stay together, um, as I think most people were. And they get married on July 24th. I know. I was I was really rooting for them the whole time, and when they when they made it work, it was yeah. it was pretty amazing. And then I mean, it's just such a story because he had played football, but that time of his life appeared to be over. And then the USFL started up, and he got drafted, and he had sixty three yards in pass receiving yards last week. 
It's incredible. Because I watched. So. so this season, you didn't have any predictions for any of the couples going into it? Let me think about it. Um, I think if I had to call the ball, I would have thought that Luke and Iris would have. Yeah, it, it was feeling like it pretty yeah. early yeah. on. We were like and first I, episode, like, yeah, Luke and Iris. Yeah, I think well, this when... is a little bit more on the nose. I, I had no idea what would happen with Hanya and Ash. Mm-hmm. I looked at, at the beginning, my first impressions were that Ash, you know, that Hanya's was true and Ash was being squirrely. But then as I got into it, I realized that, you know, that wasn't the case necessarily. Sure. And, and grew to really love Ash. Um, and, uh, and then I had hopes for Ashley and LaSalle's because of that first dinner when Ashley really was kind of broke down emotionally and, and he kind of got it. I said, okay, all right, you do. Yeah. But then we see where that went. And then, um, uh, to be honest with you, Jillian and Edgar, I loved their love. I loved how young and notebooky it was, you know? Yeah, yeah. They're but cute. Yeah. <laughs> the cynic in me and the older guy in me said, boy, first love is really hard to make that happen. There's, you could not deny in the first meeting that she's 21 years old, just graduated college, and the world is her oyster. And how do you, how do you hit your your card up right then. Yeah. Sure. Now yeah. there are people I know in my life who've done that and who do it. Yeah. Life together. Yep. But what did you, what did you think about, uh, we, we saw a really interesting scene with Iris and George where Iris basically told him like, you are someone that I feel like I legitimately want to date, <laughs> you know? And, and not only that, but like you have all these qualities that I see in someone I would want to be my husband, but she puts like, she puts a kibosh on it and it's like, no, we're done. Like I, I can't keep going down this road cause I'm feeling things uh, on a emotional level that I feel is disrespectful to uh, the relationship that I have right now. What, what was your take on that? Because I felt like Iris throughout the entire season was, uh, had some very mature and measured responses to, to a lot of things that happened. Well, I mean, there's a lot of ways to spin that. I, I would ask you, what did you think? I felt like it was a really mature thing to do. I don't know if uh, maybe it went along with uh, the show's theme as much of, of trying to find yourself uh, nearly well, as much. So what I like about the show is there's no rules to it. Yeah. It is whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. So there is one school of thought that is if you're feeling it, you need to go with it, and maybe that's the real thing. There's another school of thought that is realistic to realize that if we want to feel something like crush, like that feeling, it's always out there. Yeah. But it's in those moments where you have to remember things that are of value. So, for instance, you know, if Robbie and I, if Robbie goes, out and sees a show and there's somebody that's like, you know, it's too easy to have a crush. Right. And Mm -hmm. even in this situation where it's what the experience is, I can also say that there, there's something to be said for going, wow, I'm really, really feeling something here, but, but I really love Luke and I'm really committed to making that work. That's temptation Island. So it's, it's, you know, 
I can see both sides. If you were really unsure of whether you love the person that you came to the island with, and this guy's giving you all the things that you didn't get, maybe you go and indulge that. But if it's so close that it scares you, you're going to lose the thing that matters, then I like putting the brakes on. Yeah. Because there will always be somebody that looks better than the person you're with. Mm-hmm. Because discontent is a human condition to keep, you know, being discontent is a human condition. It's not even real. It's just, antsy is antsy for the sake of antsy, you yeah. know, because our ego takes over and, you know, somebody hot likes you and you're like, well, okay, maybe I, you know, I'm measuring all the time measuring. And yeah. it's in those moments you got to say, well, hold on a second. <laughs> is, is the potential of better, better than good? And is it even better? I, I said to somebody on the court, who was going on uh, the court, the basketball court, who was going through something. And I said to him, the grass isn't greener on the other side of the fence it's just a different color. Yeah. Right. It's not like your problems will be answered. No, some of those things will be different, but you'll find new shit. You didn't even know. Right. That you're trading one crazy for another crazy. We all are crazy. So find crazy you dig and stick with it. It's not greener grass as opposed to comparing to the grass that you have. It's different. It's not even grass. It's a different ground cover with its own stuff that you don't even know what you're allergic to yet. Boy, did I just belabor that metaphor. I think you get what I'm saying. I think I get it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) My my job is to confuse you into thinking I know what I'm saying. I just think, you know, look, if you want to believe that something's better, you'll believe it, and then you'll discover the truth later, and then there is some maturity to say, wow, I'm really being swept up right now by a guy who appears to be really great, but I don't want to forget the guy that I came here with that's really great, that I know is really great. I, I wasn't really feeling it between her and George. I, I I thought that it would have gone maybe two or more dates anyway, but I, I, I wasn't seeing, like, a lot of chemistry. He, he was so different than Luke, and I feel like maybe she liked that Luke was so different than her, and maybe he he was more like exciting than George was, you know, maybe George was good on paper, but was, I think Luke is so different than her that it's kind of like that, that opposites attract type thing kind of was the vibe that I get. She was getting pretty emotional about it though, on camera. Uh, uh, Iris was talking about, yeah. George is a great guy. Yeah. I I like George. I I just wasn't seeing the, I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't getting it. Yeah. Look, but he can cook Max. Yeah. He can cook really well. Okay, yeah. that's a huge thing. Come on. That'll get you through a, a lot of bad times. You know, I think what we're saying, um, or at least my feeling is, is that love mm-hmm. is really difficult to put into a box. Yeah. And it yeah. is so personal, like the flavor is so personal to each person that yeah. you just can't say this would have been better if I did that, or that would have been better if I did this. There's just no way to know. And it really, it's really the only thing that gets us into a healthy relationship is, in my opinion, is getting clearly in love with yourself and staying on your side of the street. Because the more that you don't get triggered by others' behavior, don't project on other people the problems that you're feeling or how you're feeling because it may not feel feelings just aren't very real yeah and so the always it's, it's the quote i said in the show that robbie fed me from ramdas which was you know the only thing i can do for you is work on me and the only thing you can do for me is work on you 
Yep. I think that's did, great. Did she feed that to you through the earpiece? No. Oh, okay. She doesn't have earpiece <laughs> access. Uh, You're God doing great, Mark. Mark, that was so good. Mark, that sucked. Mark, that was so good. No, we talk about everything all the time. And that may have been a statement she said to me that had nothing to do with the show that was said to me. And she read it to me just because. And then I remembered it to use it on the show. Um, she's really funny, man. I told her when we first started the show, I said, look, she's like, where can I watch the bonfire? And the first year she watched it in a lawn chair with the makeup artist and the wardrobe stylist. And they sit on the grass trying to hear it from like, like street theater. And, <laughs> um, and then as we went into season three, she started watching it in the control room. And I said, look, here's the deal. You can sit in the control room, but you have to be invisible because in production, all the producers are in there and it's a show and it's going on and they're going to say shit about me because they, and they're allowed to, you know, because you talk shit about the host because they're talent and stupid a lot. And they're, they get to do that and you can't be the one that they have to watch the words about. So you just got to be invisible. She says, no problem, no problem. And so the first season, she's like in the corner, very quiet. I walked into the booth uh, this year and she's sitting with the executive in charge of production and another producer. <laughs> They've given her a monitor with a quad split. So she can flip between cameras. Got a headphone. That's amazing. He's talking to producers. I don't even know. She's like completely in it. You're right. That's awesome. It's so awesome. She's like, I love and I'm walking down the beach or wherever I am. Yes. And I've got my, people with me and it's real quiet because as soon as the bonfire is over, all the people in the bonfire are doing interviews at different locations. So you got to kind of keep it down. And then I'm walking, this is season three actually, but I'm walking back to the control room area and I'm in a funk because I'm still in it. And she comes out of the control room. <laughs> she bursts out of the control room and she throws her arms in the air and she yells, masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. yes. Like, That's what you want to hear. Yeah. Invisible in the booth. <laughs> She's like literally saying to the psychologist there, you need to go out and talk to her right now. She's in a lot of pain. I'm like, Robbie, you have got to just. You should have seen the number Mark just did on this one. She's got to send the psychologist. Like Erica and Kendall, after the final bonfire, we're not supposed to talk to them at all, right? <laughs> like, it's like you're not supposed to. And so Erica's doing an interview over in the corner. And I said to Robbie's like, I got to talk to her. I'm like, you are, you, what? you may not. <laughs> and then I turn around and talk to somebody else and Robbie's gone. And she goes to Erica and then the camera guy conspires with her and closes the lens. Right. So that nobody can see it. That's and then amazing. Robbie gives Erica her home phone number. <laughs> <laughs> Because you text me anytime you want, girl. <laughs> you know? So. That's amazing. I love that. Come over here, Sarah. You both are so available to all these contestants. I yeah. love it. You could call it available or desperate and needy. Of Hi, Robbie. Robbie, it's so <laughs> nice to meet you. Hello. Nice to meet you, too. I would have moved Erica out of her where she was living. <laughs> you offered her to live with us. I, I, I was like. This is oh, I love that. Right now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> She's so, happy. She's so in love. Since Mark is, is 
since Mark doesn't judge anyone, you do. So that's, 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 that's <laughs> yeah. Yes. Mostly she judges me. Yes. <laughs> my, yes. No, she doesn't. She always kind of guides me, so that's good. All right, honey, I'm very busy being a television celebrity, so I need you to step out of the room. Well, nice to meet you. Oh, it was so nice <laughs> meeting you. Thank you so much for sharing your husband with us for, for an hour and a half. We appreciate <laughs> You're it. You're welcome. <laughs> Back to the duties. Yes. <laughs> Hurry up, we gotta go to the Grove. I'm not going to the Grove. <laughs> oh shit. I have well, one minute and then I have to go because I have a conference call I'm supposed to take. Oh, well, we were okay. just about to wrap it up, Mark. So thank you so much for joining us. This has been so amazing. Uh, yes. Would you like to plug anything or where can people find Maybe you a new on podcast. the internet? Did you have a new podcast coming out? I'd like to plug a podcast, but all I can say is <laughs> I'm going to do a podcast. <laughs> I think it's going to be on YouTube as well as all the things. Sure. And I think it's going to happen by July 1st. Awesome. And I'm hoping it's going to happen with some really big partners. That's going to be cool, but it may happen right here at this table. I'm at right now. <laughs> that would be amazing too. Well, we'll be watching it, Mark. Thank you. Yes, yep. absolutely. We will Thank let you so much for know. your time. We please, really appreciate it. Please like share and subscribe or whatever you're supposed to say. <laughs> yes. 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 Nice talking to you. I really appreciate all the support and the comedy you guys shared with us throughout the season. Oh, thanks and, so uh, much. And this was a lot of fun, and uh, I appreciate it. Thanks for inviting me on. Yeah, okay. Thanks, thanks so you. much, Mark. And uh, everybody else, we will be back tomorrow. We'll be interviewing Trace. We will be interviewing uh, a bunch of Tempties at 6 p.m., seven at a time, including including uh, we got Blake, we have Juicy, Alexa, Marissa. Uh, Juicy, Marissa. Still right now. Page, yeah, we got we got a, we're basically yeah. taking over Mark's job, so it's gonna be very exciting. <laughs> All right, I gotta go. All, All right, right, bye, Mark. Thank you, Mark. We bye. appreciate you. <laughs> All right, see you guys later. <laughs> okay, so Mark is gone, so uh, I guess we can plug everything else. And we're interviewing yes, Jillian tomorrow at one p.m. Yeah, I cannot be believe one. we just had Mark on the podcast. <laughs> I am floored. There was so much wisdom. Starstruck. I am starstruck. Truly the superior Mark. Truly. Truly Mark Wahlberg. Oh, Mark there were there were just times Robbie. there were just times where like he'd be talking and I'd just be like, I hope he never stops. I, I would just I felt stops. like I was at I felt like I was at a bonfire. I know. <laughs> and we all know bonfires are they're super bonfires powerful. are super powerful. Yeah. And that was powerful. That was yes, powerful. I was and we got a Robbie appearance too. Oh my god. I didn't even know that much about Robbie. It's and, amazing. Uh, it was just incredible. I'm glad we got to ask about the doors. It seemed like a good question. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> he really is so not judgmental. That was crazy. I know. He, he's like so authentic. He's, and, good, he's and like, such a good person. I know. God, it makes me feel like a piece of shit. I but... <laughs> know. Our show would be so different if we were like him. <laughs> wow. I know we probably get more subscribers. <laughs> Dude, I was like, I was like, God damn, I want to play basketball with Mark. Like, I know, you just I know every time you're walking to the court, you're like, shit's going to get so fucking real. Yeah, but he's real intense. And yeah. He's like, do you know why I just was able to fucking dunk on your ass? <laughs> it's because of your insecurities. Because of your trauma, bitch. Because <laughs> I traumatized you, bitch. Did you ever think about the fact that you need to grow? Now watch this shot.
Yeah. Kobe. <laughs> yeah, grow, grow a few feet so I don't posterize you. <laughs> oh, no. He's like, he's the sweetest guy. He's like, and he's funny. He's so just nice. the man. He's funny. Oh, my God. Wow. What can you say? Except uh, we're blessed. Feeling blessed Dreams today. come true. Yep. Dreams they really do. True. Okay. Yep. So, Jillian, one, one tomorrow? 1 p.m. Eastern. Trace, Trace three, three p.m. Eastern. Yes, and then a million tempties at six p.m. Eastern. Yes, we we have the the unofficial temp tempters only uh, reunion. I'm gonna list everybody who's gonna be there: Ray Rock, Paige, Marissa, Karina, Juicy, Alexa, and Blakey. Yes. Okay, we did have one. Tommy originally scheduled. Tommy can't make it, unfortunately. Yes, he probably has to fight fires or something. So yes, he, we we wish him excused. luck. We'll be we'll be thinking about him. Maybe he has the to entire property, time worried. I'm not sure. We're going to yes. be worried sick the entire time. I'm not even yeah. sure we can do the interview. <laughs> yes. So unofficial <laughs> Tempty reunion tomorrow. And then we'll be interviewing Ash at 2 p.m. on Saturday. So get yes. excited, Tempty fans. And, and hey, check out our Patreon, everybody. Uh, happy birthday to the queen. Well, guess what? Uh, we Our Patreon episode this week was talking about Prince Harry, uh, yep. but not actually Coincidentally. Prince Harry. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, it was planned, Mac. Let's say it was planned. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no, we, we covered uh, the 2014 Fox show, I Want to Marry Harry. It was canceled in four episodes. Uh, they tried to trick 12 American women into thinking they were dating Prince Harry. So, you know, we recapped that pilot. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And guess what? Only five bucks a month to be able to access that content every single week. Uh, and we're having a lot of fun uh, doing those episodes. So give that a look. Support us. We brought Mark Wahlberg to you. Now. <laughs> yeah. Give us money. It, it would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> the best podcast there is. Yes. A cool thing to do. No. Who else is bringing you seven tempties at once? Okay. <laughs> no one. That's uh, amazing. We- we do appreciate uh, everybody listening to these podcasts. We appreciate everybody uh, who listened throughout the whole season of Temptation Island and, and engaging with us. So thank you for that. And we we look forward to giving you more content. So subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe on Instagram. Reality Alert Podcast on Instagram. Twitch. Reality po- Alert underscore. And all that good stuff. That That's Twitter, not Twitch. Anyway. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. It's the place you go when you finish your show. We're your two best friends. Our names are Max and Ben. We're self-proclaimed television experts. It's reality alert. If you don't say your truth, you don't get it.